This presentation is from Service Design 2016, held in Melbourne in March. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. So I'd like to introduce Jana DeValda from Meld Studios. Um, and in something a little bit different from some of the other talks, she's going to be talking about doing um, this kind of service design but for enterprise, not kind of customer in things. So thank you. Hi. I'm going to try to run from my phone. We'll just see how it goes. Um, I'm Jana DeWilder from a company called Melt Studios. Uh, we are a design studio that helps organizations to create customer experiences, strategies, services. Um, we try to keep sort of our, our remit quite broad um, in that um, because our mission is to sort of help companies, um, to help people have better lives, all of our lives are sort of intersecting with so many organizations. And so if we can actually help organizations to create better things and better experiences and better services, then the natural byproduct should be that our lives should be a little bit easier and a little bit better. And so that's the goal. Um, going to talk today about designing for the enterprise, but before I really get into that, um, let's see. Just want to say that um, every organization delivers a service. Every single organization. So there aren't just service organizations. The um, McDonald's delivers a service. The psychologist delivers a service. You've got even, you know, little Bobby is delivering a service to the thirsty patrons of his, of his neighborhood. And I think it's important for us to remember that it's not just service organizations. So if you think that you are working with a product organization, they are also a service organization. And that's, it's a mindset that we need to start um, thinking about. And so the thing that's really important here is that you have different scales of organizations where you have the sole practitioner that might be delivering service to a customer. Um, you have enterprises. You have, you have the IBMs of the world, the Apples, the Telstras, large-scale Qantas, large-scale organizations that are delivering experiences, services, products to customers. But you also have the B2B space. This is all... You know this stuff, but just to sort of set the context of that the, the delivery of service from an organization out to customers, we know that. And customers in this case might be individuals like us or maybe businesses. But the thing is, is that once you as an organization gets bigger than one and you have people that are working with you, you are now going from me to the we, and you have to start thinking about, well, here's a group of people that also need service from me in order for them to do what they need to do out to our customer, which may be other consumers or maybe businesses. So today I want to talk about three, three main things. One is um, why design internal services? Why do we even care? Um, drink. Um, I recognize that I am standing between you and alcohol, so I'm really going to try to be speedy here. So... Um, which internal services? So when we say 
service. What do we mean when we say an internal service? What the hell is that? Um, and just to, in my mind, services are the intersection of um, people, environments, systems, all coming together in this great orchestration to come together to deliver something. And so that's what I mean by service. Um, and then how is it same or different from delivering customer, customer experiences or customer services? I don't think I swipe. I think I tap. I tap. We're going to tap. Okay. So when you think about why design internal services, we think about that um, as an organization, so the organization's mindset here, the organization thinking, that is a building with, I don't draw a lot, but that is a building, in case you're wondering. That stands for an organization, in case you're wondering. Okay. We've got that. So if we think about what organizations think about. They think about, how can I attract and retain employees? What do I need to do to get the best of the best? And once I get them here, how do I actually get them to stay? Now, really great organizations think about that. A lot of companies just think about, how do I get bodies? How do I get people in the door to actually do stuff? And maybe if I'm lucky, they'll stick around. But sometimes organizations actually just bank on the fact that you're going to leave and you're going to have high churn. And, and they actually almost design for that. How do we help our people spend the right time on the right things? So um, I think that that's a better way of talking about productivity and efficiency. Um, Really at the bottom line is you only have so much time in a day. How do you spend it on the right things and not the wrong things? And that's the thing that can make or break an organization. Um, how do I provide the right environment, the right tools, the right resources, the right support to do the job, um, to do the job that we hired them to do? Now, I'm pretty sure that all of us if you have had a job before this one, have been in a job where you come in and you don't get your computer for two weeks or you don't have the ability to access the, the papers or the, the thoughts or the, the knowledge that, that actually comes with your job. And so then you're sitting there saying, I don't know how to do my job in this environment. And so I think that's just one instance of, of, of a challenge that we have here. Tap. And so... The landscape of work has actually changed from this, this, this construct of production to sort of being fixed. And so how do we actually start to think about if I can't actually systematize everything, I might have to think about it in a very different way. Work is changing. You can work on the airport floor. You can work anywhere. But work is not just the knowledge worker here. We're not just talking about that. We're also talking about work from anywhere. These people are working and helping to deliver um, the service to us as, as citizens. Um, what are we doing for them? That's really the question. So attract, retain, effectiveness, efficiency. But most importantly, and I think this is a real key differentiator that we're hearing a lot in the discourse around um, organizational transformation, is really around engagement. And so what are we doing to actually keep our our employees engaged. So to talk about what, what do we mean by internal services and what does that look like, I really want to first make the distinction between designing for the enterprise versus designing the enterprise, the design of the enterprise. So what is the object of our design here? And so a lot of times you'll hear, about, you'll hear a lot around um, 
enterprise UX or the design for the enterprise, which is really around what are the pro- what are the products and systems that are actually being created for you to consume within um, the enterprise space. The classic Lotus Notes. Did anybody have to use Lotus? Oh, oh my God! Probably still are in some places. I'm so sorry, because it's legacy and it's just there. And no, there's a really important database that we can't have anywhere else. I understand, um, but that's that's typically what people are talking about in terms of the designing um, designing for the enterprise. Those types of things. But I also want to talk about that the enterprise can also be an object of our design, right? So that it's how do you design the way that we work? How do you design the environment to almost be as a service? And these are the things that we need to start thinking about. So what are some internal services? If we think about it from the perspective of the people who work for organizations, these are some of the thoughts. You could create your own 25 gazillion little bubbles here. Um, But they're thinking around, how do I earn a salary? So if I'm a salesperson, what do I need to do? And what do I have around me that helps me to actually sell the thing that you want to sell and makes me look really smart and I can actually go out and do that for you. Um, How do I even apply for the job? How do I apply for a different job within the same organization? How do I get the external support I need? So this is procurement. How do I get what I need from procurement? And if anything is right for redesign, procurement is completely right for it. I'm sure it's a small job. We could just do a little project and it would be done. Um, and government is certainly, certainly has the, the desire to do that. Um, but it's really hard to just get stuff. Like, I just want this group, this organization, to deliver me some product. And I have to go through this huge process to do that. And it takes me three weeks to do something. And so... That's three weeks where I could have been doing something else of value for you rather than going through your processes. How do I improve my skills? So how do I become better at who I am, what I do, become a better employee, improve my career? So a lot of, you know, if we sort of map sort of the traditional areas of an organization to um, uh, that tend to be labeled as these internal sort of core services, you have things like HR, sales support, IT, finance, procurement, property. Um, You can think of those as groups. You can think of those as roles. But you can also think of them as service centers and that they are delivering service to you. Any others that are ripe for redesign? Does this cover the lot? Closer to drinking. I I will get you there. Okay. So, um, So when we're designing services for employees um, within the organization, there's some different organizing factors that we can think of. One is around employee experience. So how do I, how do I discover that this is a company that I want to work with? How do I apply? How do I get hired? And once I'm hired, how do you train me to actually do the job that you want me to do? How do I actually do the work? This is your BAU. I'm in it every day. How do I do that? And how do I grow and continue to thrive, or how do I leave? We talked to somebody who was talking about the end experience. How do you create a positive end experience if that's... It is possible. It is possible. So that's one, that's one way for us to think about this. If you think about then mapping, you could potentially just map across 
the employee experience. Well, what role does HR play in this? What role does IT play in this? What role does procurement play? And it will look different for different types of people. But that's a way to start to, to think about that unification. This is an example of a project that we did for a large organization um, with their IT group. Here was an IT group who is, and this is, this is not a unique story, they're, they're, sitting, they're sitting there thinking, we're so transactional with the business. The business comes and they tell, tell us, we want blah, and then they just expect us to get it for them. And so it's just this order, deliver, order, deliver. But we believe, actually, we have a more strategic role to be playing with the business. We actually believe that we could be sitting beside the business and actually helping them to decide what to do. So you know, why aren't we sitting beside um, sales and talking about, this is the future of sales, and this is where sales um, is going, and, and this is the technology that could actually enable you. They want that role. But how do they actually change themselves from who they are, which tends to be quite transactional historically to being this consultative role? This is not unique. I'm sure if I talk to all of you in, in the different areas of service that you're dealing with, you, could, you hear that in sales. You hear that with any technology organization that you know, wants to, to be more consultative, um, wants to be more of a technology company rather than a transactional company. So this piece was really around help us to redefine our operating model. Now, typically when somebody says, I want to redo my operating model, they might go to a, a traditional business consultant and say, you know, you, traditional business consultant, have done this with your eyes closed a gazillion times for a ton of organizations. Just tell me what my new operating model is, and we will put it in place, and there we go. Um, this company wanted to do something different. They wanted to take a more design-led approach. They actually wanted to take a more collaborative approach with their people to actually say, well, what could it be? What does this mean for us? But they were also organizing themselves around delivering services. So rather than delivering IT, that we deliver different services. So as an example, just to orient, the, the very top blue, which you can't see because it will tell you who they are, um, is the customer experience. So it's, there's the customer journey, and that's sort of an organizing factor. And above the customer journey is sort of all of the other external factors of life that are influencing the, the sort of the, the drivers of change. You have the customer journey, and then below you have the principles of the organization. Those are the clouds. There's 25 different ways that you can slice and dice and make a visualization of this. But the idea is that it starts to scaffold down into, and our organization has these, these principles, and we deliver these services to customers, which is the, I can't say green because it's all green, but it's the, the one with the clouds. But then below, it's sort of like, well, then what are the IT services that we're delivering to the business that's then delivering service up to the customer? And then if you go into the services that we deliver, what's that, what is the way that we're actually working within IT to actually make that happen? And so it was this really nice way of sort of thinking about from an ecosystem view, 
this is what the business is trying to do to help serve customers, and, the custom, and we're trying to align to the customer experience. So then we need to align to the business, and then we need to be working in a way that's delivering service to them. And so it's this really nice way of thinking about how that scaffolds down and gives you that ecosystem view. And so then when you look at sort of those, those, the types of experiences, the types of the business groups that are delivering service that are aligned to the customer journey, things like marketing, sales, product development, um, you can then go down into, well, these are all of the services that we're providing up to them, and this is how we work. And the nice thing about this was this organization needed to have a view of, we say we want to be service-oriented, but we actually don't really know what that means, one. And two, what does that look like in terms of the way that we work? So if we're actually working in a particular way to deliver service, we need to make that more tangible. And I think that that's probably true through all the stories that you've heard today is how do we actually make the intangible tangible so that people make sure that we all have the same sort of thought bubbles above our heads and can call, call things the same way. They created guiding principles for themselves. Um, and I think part of this was the fact that because we're not a manufacturing organization, because we can't be cookie cutter, the only thing that we can do is to actually create guidance so that if we all have sort of a mindset of what service is and we all have a mindset of how we want to work, then perhaps these principles can help us no matter where we are and we can apply them. These are, these are sort of the classic things that we hear. But we then help them to take it down to a role level and to say, well, what does that mean for you in your particular role? Because you're out here in this world that is pr pretty unlinear. Unlinear? Can you say unlinear? Nonlinear. I'm going to say unlinear just because we're about to drink. So unlinear, <laughs> nonlinear. Uh, but what was nice was that it actually started to help people to define themselves as service providers and to almost articulate what that means for them. So how is that the same or different from um, customer services? So typically, you know, you see these service maps where you have these different phases. You have the customer's experiences on the top. You have the organizational experience underneath to actually deliver that. And so, you know, you have things like awareness. How is the customer becoming aware? And then behind the scenes, you have people are making artifacts, and the store manager is getting the artifacts, and then they're delivering it. So you, you have these different ways of actually describing that. But what we're really talking about is how does the service deliver service? How does organization deliver service to itself in order to enable that? And so in, in this type of instance, we're really talking about you know what role does procurement potentially play in helping you to get those posters to create awareness? What role is IT actually playing in enabling you, the store manager, to receive the information about this and to be able to post it? And so it gives people purpose. It makes them understand how they actually fit into the larger scheme of things. It gives people a why. And I think the thing around internal services is that we want the people who are delivering those internal services to really start to feel more connected to the ultimate outcomes that they're getting to. 
Because once you start feeling like you're a transaction space and you're just, you know, you want that, okay, here you go, you do sort of lose that, that, that excitement or meaning. So to talk about sort of how those things are same or different, I'm, I'm playing with this concept of service frameworks. Everybody loves a framework. I'm going to try a framework. Why not? Um, it's... It's sort of in early stages in my mind, but I think it helps us to sort of see that service is made up of, made up of particular things, no matter if it's for a, a paying consumer, a, a citizen, or an internal staff member. So let's see what you think, and would love your feedback on this as well, because it's in some early stages, but I think it helps us to talk about the things. And I guess just before I get into it, I'll say... Um, the way I think about a framework is a service framework would be like um, cake. I love cake. Let's just sit on that for a second. Cake is great. But cake is actually, if you think about cake, um, to make a cake, you need some sort of combination of flour or not, flourless cake. I, I knew you were going to say that. Or So cake has flour or not. Um, it has some sort of fat in it or something that is fat-like. Um, it has... <laughs> You're going to argue every point I say, so I'm trying to argue <laughs> against you before you can do it. Um, it has some sort of um, moisture. I hate that word. Um, it has, uh, <laughs> and it has some sort of fat I already said fat, but it has some sort of sweetener. Some, 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 that makes it a cake, right? If you don't have these types of things, it's not a cake. It's a biscuit or something, which I know, wait, biscuit here means, sh uh. anyway, so it, you see what I'm saying in early, early stages? And so you're, you're, you're playing with me. I appreciate that. So it has these things, but, you know, am I making a Mexican fruit cake? which is a very good cake. Am I making a chocolate cake? Am I making my classic strawberry cake? Am, am, is it a party? Is it a, is it a fine dining experience? All of those things, the context, the situations, influence the combinations of the things that you put together. That's how I'm thinking about service frameworks. That was like the longest lead up to this, and I'm just going to get into it. And now you're going to be like, oh, that's all? Right? <laughs> There's more. There's more pages here. I swear to God, it's not just about awareness. Um, so think about this in terms of the customer at the top and the employee, the organization at the bottom. But think about customer at the top as being, it can be you, the paying consumer, or it can be you within a business. So awareness. Every service needs some way of, of letting people know that it exists. So how do I know that it exists? And, and, and then from a, an, a, an organizational perspective, how do I actually position and create awareness about a service? And how do I know it exists? How do I get that? And this is really around, do I just have to discover this? Do I stumble upon it? Is it part of my kit when I start on day one? Do you require that I know about this, that I have to do this, that I have to engage with your service? Is it something that, I, that is secretive and I just only the special few get to know about it? Every service needs to have a... You need to make a deliberate decision around what that looks like for yourself. Evaluation. So some of these will seem very familiar, obviously, because we talk about customer journeys, but I like to think about it in terms of a service in particular. So how do I know that this service is right for me, 
for us? Do I even get to decide? Do I, is there, it just required, you know, like Medicare, I, you know, Centerlink, like certain things that you just, you don't get to choose. Here is your service, thank you very much, and, and go through it. And so if I, if I don't have a choice in it, that sets a mindset. If I get to choose, that's a very different mindset. So that's when you get into sort of differentiation and how do I get, entice you to come to my service versus that other guy's. And so as an organization, you're sitting there saying, well, how do I actually help them assess that this service is right for them if they get to choose? Or how do I just give somebody a service without them needing to decide? So how do they know, how do I let them know that, you know, here, shove it in their face. This is yours and you have to do something with it. Shove it in, that's the terrible thing. Don't shove. And um, so this, then you start to see contrast between if you're a business versus government. You have very different, very different things that you have to deal with. Choice versus dictation. Is it free or is it commercial? Right? So do I just get it because? And so how do I actually acquire this service? How do I gain access to it? And how do I then as an organization provision that to you? Do I have to, um, as an as a individual or as a business, do I have to pay for it? Do I need to exchange goods for it? Do I need to prove to you that I am who I, who I say I am? Do I need to show you ID? Do I just get it because I show up? Um, and then how do, I have a, how do I give it to you might be things around, you know, how many people are we dealing with it? What scale are we dealing with? You know, and this is the thing about when we shift from small organizations to big organizations. You start to have to think about scale. Like, how can I help 300,000 people get paid versus five. And so these are big, big decisions as an organization. Using, so how do I literally use the service? And how do I get the most out of it? And, 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 and what are the mechanics of, of using it? So is it an online service? And so literally, how do I, do I just go in? Do I have to push something? Does it happen? Do I walk into a store and the service happens? Does it come to me in my home? And so from an organization's perspective, you have to think about how do I actually deliver that? How do I get, help people get the most out of it? There's a huge topic around consumption. So um, especially if you think about subscription model services where people just sign up, the thing is, is that a lot of people sign up for something. So no offense to anybody from Microsoft. You know, Office 365, especially in large organizations, you get the service here, here you go, it's yours. People aren't using it. IT is like, oh my God, we've just invested all of this money. Nobody's using it. How do we get people to use it? IT's like, I don't know how to get people to use it. But now we're going to switch because now we're saying, well, nobody's using it, and so therefore we're going to go to Google. But you're going to have the same problem, then Google's going to come in and you're going to have the same problem. And it's called consumption of how do we actually get people to use something. And even if you're bringing in a service from outside, it's still your service to manage, and it's still your people to, to help. And so the thing about that is then you start to think about how does it change if people need to use it a lot? Is it something that they use one time? So if you think about a restaurant as an example, I come in, I sit down, I have a lovely meal, I leave, and that could just be a one-time service, right? It's consumed, it's done. You hope that they come back. That's the goal. 
or they tell everybody else to come as well. Um, but some services you just get once and that's it. Some you, get, you, you use every day. Support. How do I get support when I don't know how to do something and when things don't work? So you need to have a way then to then help somebody. Like when things aren't going as planned, what do people do? So when I come in and I do something on a kiosk and it's broken, do I just walk out? Do I turn to somebody? You need to be thinking about those things as well. And how can you actually build into the system itself, system being digital or the environment, um, how people can help themselves? Oh, another thing to add to this is that, that learning organization. How do we actually learn from the things? So how do we learn from how people are using it or not using the service? How do we, help from, how do we learn from the, the, the things that people are asking? We need to create those feedback loops, and that's what will make the service improve over time. Upgrade and change. How do I change what I have? Do I upgrade? Do I need to start again? Um, like, I don't know how apps make money. Like, I don't understand how you just keep getting these upgrades and it's great, and I don't understand how they're making money until they sort of launch version two and then suddenly here's your $5 upgrade. Um, that's a I do know how they make money, but just, but it's, it's those types of things where, you know, back in the day when you first made your first version, did you really think about the fact like, oh, crap, five years, five years from now, people are still <laughs> using the same thing. And, um, but then how do we actually, so how do I change? But then how do I help people to upgrade to more or add more or to move less? And I think especially around consumption, um, you're seeing a huge trend in, um, in, in property, um, you're seeing a huge trend in also so subscription-based services where people are like, I don't want to just pay for an empty seat, especially large organizations. Don't, if people aren't actually using your service, don't make me pay for it. Um, help me to reduce, reduce how much I'm actually getting from you so that I can be efficient in that, and that makes me be loyal to you because you're being thoughtful to me, and then I will stay with you versus oh, you're just gouging me for everything that I do. You see that in tenancy as well, right? People are just like, you know, what if I suddenly have a huge project where I need to bring 50 people on? How do I suddenly get three more floors of space? And when that project is done, how do I actually reduce it? So you'll start to see these same patterns in the physical spaces and also in the digital. The ending experience. Um, how do I stop having the service? Do I, do I choose if it's, if it's done or is it decided for me? no more food for you, you must go out the restaurant or do I um, can I change my mind, so let's say you know, as it was, was spoken about earlier today and then how do I end service delivery how do I do it in a respectful way and how do we not burn the bridges as we heard earlier today so my last thing remark is that um, we have a huge opportunity to be focusing inward to the organizations, making work better for ourselves, for the people around us um, there's a huge appetite, actually, if you think about many companies are undergoing internal tr workplace transformation projects, and that's actually a really great unfreezing moment for us as service designers to be coming in and actually being partners to them and helping them to reframe how they're delivering things to their, um, to their employees, which makes it a very fruitful space for us to be in. Thank you. We hope you liked this presentation from Service Design 2016. 
For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.